Well, there's a few things I wanted to share, so I'll just go right into the scriptures. That's messing with me. Why is that doing that? That never happens. I'm going back to it one more time, guys. I know, I like my training wheels. It's okay. <laughs> There's no reason. There we go. We're not going, we're going to still stay in the flow, but we're just, I'm just going with what I, what I brought. Okay, sorry about that. Usually I'm on point. Because there's important things that I wanted to prophesy, so I'm glad I didn't give up on that. So I want to prophesy some things to you tonight. I want to prophesy who you are. Is that okay? I really feel like um, God wants to bring some identity to who we are and what we look like, because that's what this is all about. Who you've not, who you are, who you were in the past, but who you are in the future. Okay, and. Uh, there's three keys to a prophetic word. Can I say those things? How many know what a prophetic word is? Okay. Really, the Lord wants us to understand this because when we grab hold of the reality, when he speaks something over us, something profound will happen. So there's the power of the decree. This is like three things that are in the content of a word. Because this whole book, I've said this over and over, this whole book is full of words for you. You don't even need a word from me. But God will speak a word to you personally. And so when he decrees something over you, you need to be able to receive that. That's how we receive our identity. That's how we know who we are. We receive prophetic words through prophetic unction, and it's released to your life. And then something happens. You all of a sudden, it, it births faith. It should birth faith. Hello. God wants something to come to your life that you actually believe <laughs> and that you can actually carry out and that nothing, nothing will get in the way of that. Right? Because the last thing you have to do is war for that thing. You receive a decree. You receive faith for the decree. And then you must war for that thing that has been spoken over your life. Are you hearing me? So how many receive things from the Lord? And how many have warred the whole thing through? Is it all the way through? Okay, God uses us in intercession to bring breakthrough in our lives. And breakthrough to people around us. You know, you're called to be an intercessor, so you bring breakthrough for yourself, your family, your region, whatever it looks like, because we receive greater and greater decrees of influence, and, and, and God will give that to you, right? 
But ever hear that expression, words are cheap? And I received something from the Lord today. He said, the words I give you are, are not cheap. They're very valuable. And I mean, sometimes we, we receive so many words from the Lord that the next thing is just, you know, you put it, I've, I've used it like this, like it's on a keychain. You have a bunch of keys and you don't know what they go to. But God wants us to really value the words that he's spoken over us. I'm going to speak some things over you tonight that really I pray that the Lord releases value to them, that you'd receive them, and that it wouldn't just be another thing that you hear. Because we can all come into service and we can all be familiar. I just spoke, God, don't let us be unfamiliar with you. That was my prayer just a moment ago because I don't want to be unfamiliar with God. But we sometimes can be so familiar with the Lord that we can't receive something, the next thing that he wants to bring to us. Are you hearing me? And so words are... Words are cheap, that's, a, that's saying they're not valuable, but God's saying, he said, my words to you are not cheap, there's much value in those things. And listen, you have a, a unique ministry and a call. Everyone in this room has a unique ministry and call. Do you know in the book of Revelation, he continues, you see that in the beginning he comes, it says the angel of the church of Ephesus. The angel of the church of Smyrna. The angel of the church. There's different people who, can, who hold different things. And it's all to be brought together in one body. Do you know that? See, because the corporate church in a region. Bernie, I'm trying to get us think wider. By the way, we will have uh, Jesus. I was going to call him Jesus. Jesus Rodriguez with us. He'll be here the 16th. And not the ninth. Um, but he'll be with us the 16th of September. That'll be right before uh, Awaken the Dawn. And he is the, like the, the New England regional guy that's head of everything. And young man, he's, that's going to be a good night. And he's just going to share some things that we're expecting to see in a few weeks. But I just, I'm saying these things to get us to think bigger. Because by the end of the night, I'm breaking off all the small, little, tiny thinking that you have. The Spirit of the Lord will do it. He'll just use me. Is that okay? Because you've got to really expand and open ourselves up to what the Lord's going to say. And so he wants us, right? He said to Timothy, you've got to wage a good warfare over the prophecies that were spoken over you. And so as a, as a ministry here, ready, can I talk about corporately here? I know some of you are visiting. You visited a couple times, but that means now you, you can be a part of the corporate thing, right? So I'm just going to speak some things over you because you are forerunners. Do you know that? Because certain churches are called to do certain things, and certain people are called to do certain things. Isn't that what I just said a moment ago? That the angel of the Lord comes and he brings a message to a church. The angel of the Lord comes and brings a message to a person. Oh, yes. Angels, yes. Do you know, I started thinking when, the, when it's prophesied in the book of, of Revelation about thousands upon thousands, thousand times thousands of angels, what does that look like in the throne room? 
I'm, I'm going on a, I'm on a rabbit trail now. But I just want us to think about the presence and the activation of angels and the angelic in what we're about to talk about tonight. Because God wants to release angels, but they're all stored up someplace and no one will call on them. Because we're afraid we're going to be worshiping them. No. No, you worship Jesus. And angels are here, it says in the book of Hebrews, to help us. Heirs of salvation. And if they help Jesus, I need their help. I need more than he had. So I'm believing God to bring a release, an angelic release into the region, aren't you? I mean, I'm telling you guys, God wants to blow the place up. And so you're called as a ministry of forerunners because you're here. Because you're here right now, you're called as a ministry of forerunners. That means you go ahead and you bring breakthrough and you never, you don't stop. You don't ever take a nap. Hello. And how do I do that? Well, what happens if I get tired? You don't get tired. You get supernatural energy. Because you're dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And when you're dependent upon Him, the release of heaven comes upon your life. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Everything. That means you have a breaker anointing on your life. That means when you speak things and you declare things, they begin to break in the spirit realm, in every region, in every place that you go. But you have to come on, you have to believe and stand and war. I know, I know, we don't war. No, we live out of rest. No, I war in rest. God wants us to know that it's not just going to fall out of heaven like a feather onto our lap. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants you to understand that you are a fresh exp expression of who he is on the earth right now. You're a fresh expression. You're not yesterday's expression. Here's where we get stuck. We try to look like yesterday's revival. We try to look like yesterday's church. We go back and we st we're stuck in doctrines from eons ago, epochs ago. And we can't get out of them because we, they've been ingrained into our DNA because my mother was this and my father was that and this is how we live. But I'm telling you, God is trying to find a people that will walk in the fullness of who they are because they are a fresh expression of God in the earth today. I'm not saying you have to break all your traditions, but don't be married to them. Thank you. called to break new ground. He called to go beneath the earth and come back up. Uh-oh. He called to spearhead. He called to be different and not be a status quo person who lives life nice and happy. And I want you to be happy. Don't give me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But you don't need to be satisfied with mundane and usual things. Because God's calling the church to be very, very out of the box and unusual. Because if you look at the book of Acts, and I will go there. I probably didn't need the notes. I just need a little help. I got to hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. You're called to provoke change. 
I'm called to agitate the religious. Uh-oh. That would be me. That's my first name, agitate. You're called to poke at everything that's political in the church. I'm sorry. Because God, that is, that's not what Jesus looked like. How many, how many ever saw Jesus play political games and kind of just smooth things out? And we can compromise. Can't compromise. Well, we just want unity. No, he said, I bring a sword. Uh-oh. You've been given a mantle, ready? If you're under this roof, <laughs> if you're under this roof, you've been given a mantle. A mantle to advance and to serve the region. That's both, right? You advance because sometimes things in the region won't go further because no one else will go further. So when you go to the mission field, you're going to have to break out and break through and advance, yet serve. It's to advance a whole people group around you. See, I want us to get a bigger picture and understanding because it's not just about 30 40 people, whatever's here right now, you know, whatever, in, in the biggest capacity we can hold in this building, it's not about that many. It's not just about a conference that we're hosting, although it is because we're there to bring breakthrough into a region because we're doing something regionally. We want people involved so that something does that. There's an explosion. That's the same with Awake in the Dawn. 50 states for 50 hours preaching the gospel Praying, worshiping, intercession, dominating the region. Every state. And I just had to say, sign me up. Because God wants to do something powerful. And the problem is here, ready? What happens, the political stuff, is we, we only buy into things. We only buy into that. Which is going to serve us. You understand? You call it what you want. You only serve your, your money, your time, whatever it is. We only buy into those things that are going to serve us for the moment. And God's saying you have to break out of those, that thinking so that you can serve into the bigger picture of what God is doing. Right? You have to go beyond our little sphere of influence because God is wanting to bring you into a relationship that blows up everything that we've ever known or understood as church to look like. I, I can't say it enough. I don't even know. I'm asking the Lord, what does it look like, God? And I can get pictures of it out of the book of Acts, but it doesn't even look like that. It's going to be greater than the book of Acts. It's going to be greater. What is greater than the, the latter and the former rain coming together at once and totally drowning us out? I'd like to see it. Let it come, Lord Jesus. But we have to partner with something bigger than ourselves, and that would be God and having a vision, and that would be God's people. And no matter what the political mess is, sometimes you just got to go in and hammer Not be nasty, not be mean, be loving.
be kind. But don't get caught and stuck in molds that people are trying to put you in. See, Jesus is here, and he's wanting to release the Son of Righteousness with all glory and all presence and all extravagant realms of who he is, weight and glory, and the treasures of heaven are about to break open over the region. I know this. I know this. I know this, that we've got a two-year window, it's, and it's closing. It's closing. What does that mean? Because we're in the year of the open door. Do you know that? Biblically, 57, 78 is the year of the open door. That, it means we got a wide open door right now, right? So here's what we do. We just position ourselves to step in and to go through because it is about crossing over. It is always about crossing over. Joshua was the prophetic book after Moses, after the law, but Joshua was a type of Jesus that crossed over into the land and took every enemy and moved every enemy out of the land. Right? All right. But I believe this, that the treasure from heaven is, is about to break out and the breaking open. It is breaking out. And the spirit of delay has been on the church. And I can hear the Lord saying it's time. Not wait. No. Not wait. Remember Ezekiel, he said this in 12, chapter 12, he said, none of my words. He's talking about judgment, okay? But, but it was the prophetic word that he spoke that I'm, I'm referring to, so I'm not taking it out of context. He was talking about judgment. I'm talking about an epic revival and awakening hitting the, hitting the land, okay? But it's, he said, none of my words will be postponed anymore, but the, the word which I spoke will be done. That means there'll be no more delay. He's not holding back. And, so, and this is what the Lord said. He said, he's God, he, he, God said, I'm setting your timing. I'm setting your timing. And if we set our timing to his timing and work with him, something happens. And so the timing of God, I'm prophesying again over you, the timing of God is coming to your life so that you can advance. I believe it's corporately, but I also believe it's individually. The open door is now. It's open. Walk, move forward. Everything God has spoken to you, go for it. Well, I don't know. It's not time. No, it's time. I promise you it's time. Just go after it. And if it doesn't come and fall in your lap, if you're going after it, then it isn't time. <laughs> I'm serious. Because we wait. And we wait and we wait and we wait. But you've got to understand the times and the seasons. I almost did it. We've got to understand the times and the seasons when God's about to break out and things are about to shift. How many want a shift in your life? God, just shift me to the place where I need to be. I want to break out of all my old thinking, all the ways I've, I've, I've seen myself in the past. I just want to break out of that. 
And it's time for a shift. It's time to shift. It's time to move. And a shift will cause you to be in God's moment. And as I said before, it's the door is open. The door is open. And when you're, you're in God's moment, you'll have heaven's momentum backing you. I believe that came from the Lord. I'm prophesying to you right now again. That when you are in God's moment, you will have God's momentum. And God's moment in your life can become a movement. What does that mean? That means it never stops unless you shut it down. It won't stop unless you shut it down. But you, if you give God permission to just move in momentum and move in your life, it will change the atmosphere and the environment that's around you right now. What does that mean? That means you're going to make changes. You're going to make physical changes, but you're making mental changes to change where you sit, where you are, where you posture yourself, those you live with, those you hang around with. Now, I don't mean, you know, separating from people. But do you understand? Those people who have influence in your life that are dragging you backwards, not forwards. Come on, somebody. Because we tolerate in being nice when people aren't speaking the right things over our lives and we don't want to offend people. But I'm telling you, God wants to move you out of that to move you into the new. And it will break and change and shift what's around you. You're not called to go through the door tomorrow. You're called to go through today. I wish I had the door today. I wish I had a door that we could open and walk through today, just as a prophetic, or we could maybe all jump in the, in the box. I was thinking that, the ark. Just jump in the ark and jump out. There's two angels, there's two cherubim in there. Sorry, we can't. I know, we hide them in the box, the cherubim. That's messed up. But it is about all, it's about crossing over. <laughs> and God advancing you through the door. So you have an invitation ready today. I'm going to just continue to prophesy over your life to go beyond. And what does go beyond look like for you? You can go beyond the previous knowledge of who God is in your life just sit on that. We can just stop there. Who God is in your life right now, you can go way beyond that because I'm telling you who he is, we don't have a clue who he is. I'm like, God, I don't know how to even do this, what this even looks like. Just come and invade my life and whatever that looks like, please let me, let me have the grace to yield. Empower me to yield to what you want to do. You have an invitation to go beyond previous victories. That means, yo, I got victory over that. I got victory over that, but I'm still losing over here. And the Lord's saying you have victory to overcome every enemy. Everything. Everything that holds you back. Every place where you sit and you don't really grasp and you don't grab hold of what God's doing. I know I haven't read a scroll. I've read one scripture. That's all right. It's biblical, I promise you. Past previous provision. 
Whatever that looks like for you. God wants to move you beyond that. Not so you can store up stuff here, but so that you can be a blessing. Right? Move you past the last level of healing in your life. Or even moving in the gift of healing. Guys, some of you have gifts and you're not operating in them. And I, I don't want to make this about gifts tonight, but I'm telling you, when you begin to move, and I'm telling you this place is an equipping center, so we need, we need, I need to start implementing some things so that people are trained in the gifts of the Spirit and they don't, they don't shrink back. Right? God wants you to grab hold of what you've accomplished in the past, anything, and move forward and beyond that. Your level of healing and deliverance. And some of you need more to be set free in a different way. And I just want to say, it can go what you need, but it's also what you're releasing to others. Are you hearing me? Because anyone up here is not perfectly, completely a whole. Uh, it's a revelation. But God wants to release a people that are filled and equipped and moving and moving into the place where they're called. So, so we're called, so you are called right now into a go beyond season. That's my word to you tonight. You're called to go beyond. It's, you're called to a season of going beyond where you had been before. And I started thinking about the womb of the nation. The womb of the nation is like right here. It's in New England. And so something of epic proportions is about to happen. I believe it with all my heart. I'll stand by it, but I believe we have a year and a half to get ready for the outpouring and the presence and the mass evangelism, and we need to not wait till 2020, January. No. Don't take this like that. Oh, you got delay. I got time to get ready. No, you don't. Jesus said what? He said the harvest. He looked out and he looked at the harvest. He said it was white then. What does it look like now? So we're positioned to birth the next great awakening. You are positioned, you are positioned. I prophesy to you right now, you are positioned to release an awakening. It's just a dependent upon what you're going to do. What you choose to do in the moments. In the moments when you leave this place tonight after you get prayer or, or whatever happens, what are you going to do? And do you need a pep talk next week to get you back in? No, I'm serious, man. Because God is looking for you to encourage yourself. I'll encourage you. People around you will encourage you, but you need to be like David who encouraged himself in the Lord. So old perceptions need to be broken off. The Lord was talking to me about old shoes and old clothes. You can't walk into places with kings 
if you've got pauper shoes. You can't walk into the presence of a king with garments that are torn and ripped and shredded. You hear me? I don't know why the Lord was speaking to this. It's because our perception of what we're carrying within ourselves, we think we're not worthy to go certain places. If you're called to be with kings, then you need to rise up and be a king. And you're all called kings and priests in this room. You're all kings and priests. There's not one of you that aren't. But I, when I say God's trying to change a mindset, that means he's trying to change our minds so that we'll walk as kings, so that we'll walk as priests. Because you are a priest. You're called as a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. So that, the old perceptions is what we need to take off. And there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. See, we think our own track is going to bring us to the right place, but it's not. Because you need to be dependent upon the Lord. Because some of us are outthinking, think we can outthink the Holy Ghost. I'm serious, man. We think we can outthink God. We know the way. But I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit will rule and reign in your life as much as you let him. Right? And I already mentioned this kind of small thinking. God wants to break our small thinking. You can't think What's he going to do with me next? And my mindset is that I can only do so much. But I'm telling you, when God comes on your life, when the supernatural power of God comes on your life, you can do more things than you think. He can raise you to higher places than you ever thought. He can move and shift things if you just believe bigger and greater. Are you hearing me? So what if the Lord said this to you, which he said it to me today? What if I'm making you the standard for what's to be released in the, re in the region? What if I'm making you the standard? Where are you at with that? See, I read that, I read that verse, and I'm going to read it again in a moment, out of Revelation 11.1. 1, because there's something that God's after. He's, he's about raising up. A true priesthood, he's about raising up a, a church that's abandoned to worship. He's about raising up a people that will not be held on the ground by what's status quo right now. He wants to dress you with weight. Weight. He wants to dress you with the weight. He wants to dress you with the presence of God and the glory of God on your life that you'll shine and kings will come to your brightness. Fullness is waiting for you and all of heaven's resources are waiting. I'm not talking about cash coming out of the side sky. I'm talking about God's presence, power, dominion, coming out of heaven and into your life, flowing from the Holy Spirit through you, 
And I'm telling you, you guys, some of you need a change up here of how you're thinking. Some of you need a dose of faith today. Some of you need to be broken out of the smallness of your thoughts. But God wants to bring you up. Are you hearing me? He wants to bring you up in your thinking the way you think so that it breaks off the smallness that's all around you. Revelation 11.1. 1. I read it already. This is what the angel, the angel stood while, while the prophet went, while John was walking. And he was measuring, he had a measuring rod. He said, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. And we're going to just partner with the angels. We're going to partner with heaven. We're going to partner with Jesus to see what he wants. Because he wants you to be a standard. He wants you to live out of a higher place. He wants the standard of heaven on your life so that you can walk it out and you can bring breakthrough and nothing will get in the way. You got people all around you, and I do too, that need a touch from God. And God wants to make your life a standard. Do you know what that looks like? I'll show you the standard in Scripture. He wants you to have confidence of who he really is. He wants you to run with the everlasting gospel. <laughs> Can I tell you this is crazy? Revelation 14, 6. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven. Having. The Bible says that an angel came. Having the everlasting gospel to preach. What does that mean? What does that even mean? An angel coming with the everlasting gospel to preach. That all nations, tongues, and tribes would be saved. I'm telling you there's help from heaven to preach the gospel. Paul said it every day, probably of his life. He said, I don't come to you with persuasive words, but I come to you with the power of God. And God's asking a church to just come in line with him and release the kingdom and don't hold back because the problem is we're all holding back. We're all holding back. Ain't not one in this room that's hold, not holding back. Including me. Confidence is knowing. Ready? I'm going to give you three keys. And then I'll wrap this up. Maybe. Three keys God wants us to know. He wants us to know this. First, confidence in knowing who God really is. Matthew chapter 16, you know the verses. You know, if you've, if you've read your Bible at all, you know this. It's talking about the revelation of the person of the king. It's talking about the revelation of the church. Ready? Jesus with Peter. They were having a conversation. They came down from the mountain. He said, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. That's why I'm talking about a religious spirit today. Because Caesarea Philippi was a place where there was no religion. It was actually like, would be like today's Las Vegas. There was no religion. And they're trotting through there, hanging out. And Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciple, who do men say that I am? Right? This is the question he always asks. 
Who do men say that I am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, the others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And I'm going to say to you today, who do you say God is? Because this is a relevant question today. Who is God? And what can he do today? And how much is my life given over to the person of God? Because we get stuck on the Holy Ghost and we get stuck on Jesus. But I'm just going to talk about the person of God right now. Because he is almighty father, everlasting father. He never goes anywhere. He will never leave me or forsake me. And the same to you. But the reality is this. God wants us to understand. We need it by revelation. Simon Peter said it. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said that right away. He said, blessed are you, Simon. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And we need a revelation from heaven. It will not come from a preacher up here, I tell you right now. It may come in a moment. You may get some revelation, and I may break something open, or someone you listen to may break something open for you. But I'm telling you, we need to grab hold of who God is for who he is for ourselves. And it will only come by revelation. Why do we need a prophetic gift? Because I need revelation. Well, prophecy is not for today, brother. Yes, it is. It's always for today. Always. Believe the prophets and you'll prosper. I don't know about that word. No, we do it all the time. And God wants to release the kingdom through the prophetic unction from men who hear from heaven. Men who hear from heaven. Men who read this book who know God. I want to know God for who he is. I want confidence in knowing who he is and I don't doubt him. That's what I'm talking about faith tonight. Because part of what we do, we get the word and we don't have faith because we don't know who God is. Then what does he say? Knowing who he is. It's, it leads right into the next thing. Knowing who we really are. Right? Because that's the second thing. But it's right here in verse 18. And I'm going to hit another thing. We, and I also say to you that you, Peter, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell cannot, will not, absolutely not stand against it. Oh, the darkness is so great outside. And, and, the, and the Antichrist... Yes, the spirit of Antichrist, John said, is already at work. That was back then, and now we have, we're, we're living in it now, where you can walk down, and I'm telling you, if some of us had a little juice on us, we could deliver people walking down the street. I'm serious, man. Because people need to get set free. I've talked about this before. You know, the American church is good at hiding the demons. Ready, I give you the keys. I'll give you the keys, he said. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That means your words have power. 
what I was talking about all night, if you missed it. The power of a prophetic word. Power of declaration over your life. Power of what you speak to your, your, your children and your parents and what you, you talk to your friends and your family. There's power. Because you can lose heaven or you can lose hell. And what do you choose this day? Are we losing heaven or hell? I'm not mad today, you know. Just letting you know. I'm smiling, right? I love you. Then he commanded his disciples to tell no one that Jesus was the Christ. Again, knowing who we really are. Acts 19. How many remember Paul, the apostle? So it was interesting. Here's what happens. He goes to Ephesus, and it says this in the scripture. It says in verse, in chapter 19, it says that he was persuading and trying to convince for two years people to get saved and come to Christ. Paul, the apostle. <laughs> so it wasn't me, thank God. So he, he's a witness for us because he shows us this. Because then the scripture goes on to say that all of a sudden there was breakthrough. How did it happen? I'm glad you asked. He was working. And he probably had a turban around his head every day. And the sweat and the stuff that was, you know, was nasty. It was probably nasty. Right? But he had all these, you know, claws and different things. And what happened was they started shredding those things up and handing them out. That's what happened. That's what theologians say anyway. They're the greatest minds on the planet, aren't they? That here's what happened. It says this. It says, now... God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons they were brought from the sick, brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left him and evil spirits went out of them. And then some of the, and then we'll go into that in a minute. But there was deliverance from the cloths that were on his body. I've only seen it a few times. But God heals diseases through, through stuff like that. But here's what, here's what happened. After this happened, the Holy Spirit began to move. People began to get touched. And there was great joy in the city. Why? Because all of a sudden, through an unusual, creative miracle, something broke through. What happened? They were in Ephesus. Ephesus was known for like a cult culture of witchcraft and all kinds of weird stuff going on, right? And so there was massive breakthrough. And then verse 18 says, many believed, right? Verse 17, this became known both to all the Jews and the Greeks who were, who were dwelling in Ephesus. And the fear fell on them, confessing and telling their deeds. What happened? What were unusual? It was special miracles. The word special. Special miracles. I don't know what happened. They don't even record what happened. But special things started happening from someone touching his shirt, from someone touching his turban, from just his nasty sweat rags from work were getting handed out because he was a tent maker. You know that. Right? And all of a sudden, the power of God would hit and diseases would fall off of people, and people would get set free, and probably arms were growing out. Who knows what was happening? 
But it says this, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, totaling 50,000 silver pieces. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. What was it? It wasn't through Paul's persuasive words. <laughs> That's probably how he wrote the book in Philippians or Colossians or wherever he says it, right? That it wasn't through persuasive words. But it was through the power of God. So we got to know who we are. What's that saying? Who lives inside of you? The God of glory? The God of thunder? The God of healing and deliverance lives inside of you. And wants to bring you into a place where you live and move. And your being is releasing the presence of God. That you know who God is and you know who you are. Right? Number three and the last and I'll close it up. Are you willing to remove everything that defined who you were in the previous season? How many are willing to do that? I just want to remove everything that defined who I was in the past. I want to just remove it. Right? We have this picture of blind Bartimaeus. And I love this. Because God's trying to get a people's attention. And we have this, this out of Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Says he came to Jesus came they came down to Jericho and then he you know Jesus was walking through and Bartimaeus began to cry out <laughs> Jesus son of David help me and really all we need is someone to help us all we need is to cry out to God and He'll help I promise you He said have mercy on me and they warned him to shut up don't get too excited see here's where the Here's where it comes. Because if we get excited, people tell you to quiet down. Why are you getting so crazy? Why are you in that prophetic church over there? Why are you, in that, why are you guys into that healing stuff? Why are you into deliverance? Why? why? You don't need to go too far. Don't cross the line. You can just look at them and say, I was born to cross the line. But the Lord is wanting us to see this because it says this right here. It says, Jesus stood still. He stopped because he heard one person calling for him. <laughs> that should make you happy right there. I don't know. I just hit me good. Jesus just stopped because one person was calling out to him. And God wants us to be the one to call out. Because I'm telling you now, you can't do this on your own. You won't be able to do it on your own. God is looking for those who are crying out. And that's why we go back to that Revelation 11. He wants to know where the worshipers are. Where's the ones that'll cry out? Where's the ones that'll be make a standard in their lives for how they pursue me? How they come after me. 
how they look for me, how they call out to me, how dependent are they on me? Because really, that's how this whole thing works, guys. Regionally, it'll blow up if there's just a church that's completely dependent. If there's, and I say a church, that's the greater church, that's the whole church that would just be completely dependent and given over. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. <laughs> and God is just saying to you, he's stopping. I'm telling you tonight, if you just stop and worship, he'll stop and he'll call. He'll call you out. I'd rather be called out by Jesus than any prophet on the planet. I'd rather be called out by him. And it says they called on the blind man saying, hurry up, come on, man. At first they tell him to shut up. Now they tell him, come on. Come on, he's calling you. And here's where it happens. It says he's throwing aside his garments. Throwing aside his garments. Can I tell you who blind Bartimaeus was? He was a beggar his whole life. He was a beggar his whole life. And what he was wearing was likely a beggar's cloak. Because he was blind, he needed arms to support himself and his family. It's just culture. But the Bible tells us that he threw aside he tossed aside the cloak. He tossed aside the thing that identified him in his old life because everything was about to change. And tonight I'm going to encourage you that if we just toss aside the way we see ourselves, because some of us, we don't have good perception of who we are. And I'm not sitting here saying everyone needs to have a pity party tonight. What I am saying is God's wanting to take away any way you perceive yourself where you have lack, where you can't do the things that God's calling you to do. He's calling you to put aside that thing that defines you as you are now. And walk to Him. And the most glorious thing's going to happen. You're going to see completely different. Because it's always, always, always about perspective. It's how we are perceiving ourselves and how we see others. What do you want me to do for you? That's what he's going to say tonight. That's the next thing he says. He looks at, he looks at Bart. Blind Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do? And I'm going to say the same thing tonight. What do you want God to do for you? I feel like we've been on a tear for like the open altar calls. But I feel like I'm just supposed to continue to ask the question, who's going to take the cloak off? Who's going to take a cloak off tonight if you, if you don't even know him and you want to know who he is? 
or you feel like you've fallen far away, you need to just take the cloak off him. He'll say, what do you want? <laughs> and we could say like the rest of the world would say that meets Jesus, what must I do to be saved? What must I do? And so the Lord tonight, stand with me. That'll make you think I'm stopping. He wants to move us beyond. He wants to move you beyond where you were before. He wants to move you in a new life. if you've known Jesus for 25 years and you've been in this place. I'm telling you, some of us have been in church our whole lives and we, we don't ask for, we don't ask Jesus to have mercy on us. And we don't cry out to him. So Father, we ask tonight that Lord, you'd bring us into a place where we're not identified by anything that we've been carrying. Lord of glory, you'd come right now in these moments. Right now, and you'd break us into a, a place where we can go beyond. Go beyond what, the way we thought. Knowing you in a whole new way. take off our identity that we is not healthy and we throw it aside God and we hear you calling us into a place into a deeper place we take off the things that that cover us that keep us from moving into the place of complete surrender of living in a place where we know that we can do all things through Christ a great new place of faith. And Lord, I ask that you just release that now over every person in this place. That Lord, we be defined by what you said to us. That Lord, you, you would, we'd see ourselves by who you've defined us to be.